thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for joining us. And uh, the word that God has for us, it won't leave us like it found us. So I invite you, release your faith today. Uh, Join your faith to this word because that's what converts the word into power in your life. Amen. Uh, We're going to start by looking at Psalm chapter 8, verse 4 today. And we're starting a, going to teach on a topic that we're going to be on for several days, so you don't want to miss it. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 4, it reads, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Look, we could just stop right there. (laughs) What is man that God is mindful, God is mindful of us? Think of that that you're in the mind of God. You're in the thoughts of God. Everything, he can't be mindful of you without being mindful of everything connected to you. So everything connected to you, everything connected to your life, the circumstances of your life, the places of your life, uh, he's mindful of it. Amen. And, uh, Think of this. How do we fail when we're in the mind of God? (laughs) Do we really need to be on someone else's mind if we're on his? You know, don't be concerned about who doesn't recognize you. No, you're in his thoughts. And you're in his thoughts because it's the purpose of him moving in your life. He doesn't just say, oh, I was thinking about you today. No, he thinks with the purpose of movement, with the purpose of meeting the needs. Amen. So we're in his thoughts. We're never away from him. Amen. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Now look at that. How does God, what does God do that we're in his mind? Because we're in his mind, he visits us. He visits us how? With, through his word, yes. through those he sends to speak into our life, right. through right. what the spirit says to us. Yes. What about going to, uh, go, attending your local church? It's a yeah. visit with God. Right. When the man of God, the pastor is uh, speaking under the unction of God, right. speaking the word of God, that service becomes a visit from God. Amen. Amen. So uh, he visits us because we're in his thoughts. Amen. So what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. 
Well, actually, in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was originally written, it was written in Hebrew. The word, therefore, angels is not translated correctly because the, the word in Hebrew is Elohim. It's God himself. Right. So it should read this way, for thou hast made him a little lower than God himself. Amen. We're in, we're in the category of God. He didn't put us in the category of angels. We're not made in the image of angels. We're made in the image of God that throws us into his class of being. Amen. Right there, we can stop and say, we done. We got, we got what we need. Why? Because we're made in his image. Amen. So that makes total sense to us when we read verse 5. He made us a little lower than himself. Why? Because we're made in his image. And notice it says, and thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. He can do that because we're made in his image. He can do that because of the price Jesus paid for us. Amen. He's crowned us with glory and honor. You know, um, if we see someone who occupies a seat of authority, there is some kind of outer uh, symbol of that. We would see different royalty here on earth and they would be wearing a crown, they'd be wearing a robe, they'd be carrying a scepter, something that signifies authority. He's crowned us with glory and with honor. Amen. We've got evidence. Verse 6 says, Thou madest him. Look, Look at this. God made him. God made man to have dominion. My goodness, God made man to have dominion. Anyone crowned, it's a a symbol of their dominion. Mm -hmm. So he crowned us because of the dominion he gave us. We have dominion. God made him to have dominion. What's that mean? That means he's made to dominate. Not dominate other people, Dominate the circumstances of life. Dominate the opposition. Dominate the enemies that show up against our life. He made us to have dominion. And then it goes on. He has made us to have dominion over the works of his hands. Thou hast put all things under man's feet. Look at that. That's (laughs) a mouthful. It's a life full. Amen. So when it says that we were, he made, he made man to have dominion. That means he was made to dominate. Man was not made to be dominated. We are to be in the position of, of dominion over everything Mm -hmm. that, that we face, that we encounter. It's not appropriate to not dominate. Why? Because we were made to dominate. So to not dominate as we were made to dominate is inappropriate for us. It's inappropriate for us to be pushed around by that which we were made to dominate. It's inappropriate for us to yield to something we were made to dominate. Um, 
Have you ever gone into a store and seen children dominating the parents? Come on now. The audience is laughing here because we've all, we've all seen a picture of that scene. I, when I see that, I just have to restrain everything in me that wants to go help that parent by telling them, see that child that's trying to, that's throwing the fit, that's trying to dominate you. They're asking you, do something to me. (laughs) They're asking you to deliver them. They're, they're asking you for discipline. They're begging you for correction, and you think that they're trying to win their way when they're really begging you for correction. <laughs> so I just so much of the time just want to say, come here, let me just, let me inform you. <laughs> well, don't you know that God looks at us the same way? When fear comes and people are yielding to it, depression comes, people are laying down to it. The, the, the tantrum that sickness tries to throw. And we just stand back and let it happen. The word is saying, come here, come here. Let me tell you something. Let me show you something. That which is opposing you is begging you to do something to, with it. Don't let something you were made to rule over tell you how you're going to live. (laughs) We kind of chuckle because of that. That draws up a picture of a a picture when we see a parent with a child that when the parent is being dominated, the parent is being spoken back to inappropriately. The parent, I've even seen that children hit their parents. It's like, oh, oh, well, you know, just as that makes your flesh rare up, doesn't it? It makes your sense of, of, of righteousness flare up. What does it do to God when he sees something strike us that had no business touching us? We were made to dominate. We were not made to be dominated. Now, that doesn't mean... Bless God, nobody can tell me anything. Uh It's not that. It's not an unteachableness. Because even those those monarchy who rule and they rule over countries, they have advisors. Uh Don't they? Why? So they can rightly hear a balanced um, reports of that which is under their authority so they can make right decisions. We, we are, we are in dominion. He gave us dominion and we have divine advisory, divine wisdom, the Holy Spirit, our counselor, our helper. What in the, he helps us in the exercise of this dominion that has been made ours. And so because God made us to be in dominion, it fits us. We need to wear our dominion because it fits us. Amen. Amen. People will say, well, Pastor Nancy, you don't understand. I'm just not a very aggressive person. I'm not an assertive personality. I'm not talking about your personality. This has nothing to do with your personality. This has to do with 
covenant. This has to do with who you are in Christ. Amen. 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 So uh, part of our inheritance is our dominion. That's an inheritance that has been given to us in Christ. Amen. Amen. So part of our inheritance in Christ is the authority that he made ours to rule and reign over sickness and disease, lack, fear, depression, doubt. What about that? Thoughts of doubt come. Don't just try to outthink them. Talk to them. You're in dominion over doubt. Doubt is not our flow. Doubt is not our inheritance. So when thoughts come of, what are you going to do about the bills that need to be paid this month? What are you going to do about this? Say, I, doubt, I take authority over you. Yes, right. yes. Amen. Though that is doubt trying to give you its own wrong thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. don't, don't receive it. Don't, don't accept it. Amen. Amen. If things are out of place in your life, in any arena, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your finances, whether it's your body, whether it's your mind, whether it's your business, whether it's with your children, if anything is out of place in your life, Begin by refreshing yourselves in, uh, in the truths of who you are in Christ and the dominion that belongs to you in Christ. Things got out of place because of not properly exercising dominion. Not taking authority as you ought. And the reason people don't take authority over it is because they have not kept themselves refreshed in the truths of their authority. Amen. Amen. Um, if we watch, because in the United States, of course, we don't see kings and queens and all that, but if we look at other countries and what do they do whenever the queen would come to a public event and there was something that she was presiding over, um, they would play her anthem, right? That would sing about her. They would say things like, Long live the queen. Yes. They are, she is constantly reminded by those, uh, that, those situations, those settings around her that she rules. Yes. She queens. Yes. She's queen. He's king. There's constantly something around them that refreshes them and reminds them of their place. That's what the word is to us, constantly reminding us refreshing us, talking to us, letting us know uh, you've been made to rule and reign over this. Amen. Now, your children probably aren't going to get up and say to you, long live the queen every day (laughs) or or long live the king every day. So you have to search out for yourself what the word says and refresh yourself because not everybody around you. Not only that, circumstances around you are not going to stand up and salute you every time you walk in. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to on purpose refresh yourself. Yes. Don't, don't count on somebody else to pull you up yeah. in this. Amen. You refresh yourself in it. Amen. Amen. I love something that Smith Wigglesworth preached and stated. And he was an English preacher um, that his ministry was on the forefront in the first half of the, of the 1900s. Bold faith, bold man with spirit of faith. Great miracles and healings happened under his ministry. And he made this statement every day, exercise yourself in, in the truths of faith and authority. Amen. 
What's he saying? Every day, release your faith. Every day, exercise your dominion. Every, no, no parent, and I'm talking about that have children that live with them at home. No parent that is watchful and vigilant ever lets a day go by that they're not exercising their authority somehow in the life of that child. Whether it's saying, don't do that, or put this over there. Clean that up. Take this out to the car. Get your homework done. Every day, they as a parent are exercising the use of that authority as a parent. That's what Smith Wigglesworth was saying. Every day, exercise your authority over circumstances. Don't leave opposing circumstances unaddressed. If you go silent, they'll start pushing you around. Your, your authority is exercised through what you say and what you do. The same way as your faith, exercised through what you say and what you do. So Smith Wigglesworth said that every day, exercise yourself in your dominion and your authority and faith. How are you going to do that? Answer wrong things. Answer opposing things. Answer lack. Answer symptoms. Answer feelings. Answer wrong thoughts. Answer everything that comes against you. You say, well, that is my faith. Yes, that is your dominion flowing through your faith. Amen. Amen. If we don't, wrong things get in simply for one reason. We didn't say anything. We, we went silent. Yes, that's right. It's not appropriate for a reigning monarch to have things happen just because they did not show up to exercise their dominion. Well, even so in our own lives, it's not appropriate for something to push us around for the sole reason that we didn't show up with our, our words. Amen. Not only that, it's not a periodic, you know this as a parent, those of you who have children, your children don't become um, effective, safe, balanced, submissive through you exercising inconsistent authority. If you're inconsistent in your authority, Mm -hmm. things will not stay in place. As a parent, you recognize that. One of the things I so appreciate about my mother, um, there were four kids in our family, and there was one thing about my mother, she was never too tired to be boss. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? She was never too tired to take care of a problem. If one of her kids uh, stepped out of line, said something out of line. She was never too tired to say, oh, I'm just too tired to correct them. Brother, she suddenly got energized. She suddenly got a divine burst of, of energy. You know, even if she was tired, she never let tiredness run her, run her home. She ran her home. She exercised that authority over those kids. And believe me, we were on the other end of that. We knew it. One of the things that was always so outstanding to me about my mother was her consistency. She was so consistent. And um, she did something right. Three of us turned out to be pastors. And my, 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 the fourth one, my, my other sister, uh, was a school teacher for years and active in her local church. So all of us... Uh, we're on course of what God had for our lives. Why was that? Well, a big key is the consistency of my parents. Consistent. 
um, to be inconsistent, just saying it, and I'm, I haven't gotten off my subject, but these, if I use these examples, they help us. Uh, to be inconsistent as a parent is unfair to the child. Right. That's right. It's completely unfair. You know, it's, it's unfair to expect them, expect something out of them you have not enforced. Um, children don't do what you expect. They do what you inspect. <laughs> Means you watch, you pay attention. Well, she would often say parents are unfair when they're inconsistent, that for three weeks, kids get by with certain thing, and then all of a sudden the parent blows up because they got tired of it, and then the child gets in big trouble. Mother said, that's the parent's fault. Their inconsistency is unfair to that child because part of the time they're teaching that child they can get by with it, and part of the time they're telling them they can't. That's inconsistent. That's why they'll have issues in the family. Um, even so with our own authority in Christ. If we only exercise our authority uh, inconsistently, we're going to have things in our life we shouldn't have. And then we'll have to get up and we'll have to, so to speak, um, we'll have to really reaffirm in a way over circumstances that we're, the, that we're the boss when those circumstances never should have gotten as far into our life as they did. Yes, amen, amen. Um, we used to have a dog. He was my son's dog. He just showed up. You know, he was a, he was a walk up. You know what I mean by that? He just showed up on the front porch. And I opened the door one morning. He's just sitting there on, on, at the front door. So we, we kept walk-ups. You know, we, we liked walk-ups. <laughs> and he loved, he ended up being Stephen's dog, my oldest son. And he loved Stephen. And he was, he was an, you know, some dogs are more suited for indoors. Some are more suited for outdoors. I mean, he loved being outdoors. He ran the neighborhood. You know, he just had, he, he lived good. But he also wanted to be indoors. But, I mean, he was such a mess from having been outside that I didn't often let him in. So if I opened the door, he'd try to run in. He thought, if I can get to Stephen's room, <laughs> if I can yeah. just make it to Stephen's yeah. room, I will, ha- I will be granted immunity. You know? <laughs> Is that the word? Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> and so he always, he didn't just walk in and just stand there. He'd take off for Stephen's room. Well... If I opened the door, I stopped him at the door. If he made it, if Grant, my youngest son, opened the door and the dog got into Stephen's room, then it was a bit of an ordeal. I have to go into Stephen's room. I'd say, get out, Coco. He wasn't going to get out because he was in Stephen's room. So I would have to put forth a lot more effort to get him, pull him out, pull him all the way back down to the front door and throw him out. And and then the next time someone opened the door, he thought, I made it in last time to Stephen's room. I'll make it in this time. So you almost give them a taste of violation. And so they keep trying to violate. If you're inconsistent, you constantly have to put forth more effort to keep things out when if you just get on it, just get on it and stay on it, stay consistent at the very onset of opposition, at the very moment, if you'll just, if you'll be present with your authority, 
you be present with your words at the very onset of sickness, symptoms. Stop right there and start talking to it. Now, sometimes we've opened the door to sickness, right? Sometimes we have, we have stepped in, we've stepped out of God's plan and we can open the door to sickness and talk to it. If it doesn't immediately find out, wait, wait a minute, my authority works. So why is it staying? Evidently, I've opened the door somewhere else. I need to go close that door. But what I'm saying is this, don't let something come in and live a long time in your life, whether it's symptoms, whether it's lack, whether it's depression. Don't let it come in and start setting up camp before you ever notice that it has gained inference. Get on, get in the very face of that thing. Get on, get on it up front. And, um, we've, we've just never had, we've never had, my husband and I didn't have the issues with our children that other people do. Why? Because I stayed up front. I stayed up front. I paid attention. No, I didn't do everything perfectly right, but I'll guarantee you this. My kids know who was in charge. My mother said to us, the four kids, she'd say, I'm not going to have four kids I can't live with. Right. <laughs> she, she basically let us know, you're not wrecking my life. <laughs> you're going to bless my life. Well, if that was going to happen, she was going to have to be present with her parental authority. Well, we're not going to let the devil wreck our life. We're not going to let circumstances, symptoms wreck our life. So we're going to have to be present with our authority as a believer, as in Christ. We're going to have to show up and exercise that authority. Amen. Um, the, the more you exercise it, the easier it is to exercise it next time. The more you lay it down, the more skill you lose. But every time you pick it up and use it, you become more and more skillful in the exercise of your authority over situations. Remember what the word tells us, I believe in Peter, it said, be vigilant, be watchful. That is a huge key to a life of victory, a life of peace, a life of joy, is you're constantly paying attention to what is trying to rob from me. Amen. Not that we're mindful of the devil, but we're watchful over our victory. And we're keeping the wrong thing off of our victory. Keeping, keeping symptoms off our bodies. Keeping, keeping lack off our finances. That doesn't belong to us. Prosperity, uh, abundance is the flow that belongs to us. Anything that is not of that, we're paying attention and we're doing something about it. Amen. Amen. That's how come we were able to keep order in our household. I do the same thing with the ministry. If there's, if there's something that needs to be addressed with the staff or the office, I don't wait a month and hope it goes away. Right. I immediately, I go deal with it. Yes. Not because I'm confrontational, but because the, the, when I walk in the dominion and the authority that's mine, the result is a life that blesses me. Right. Amen. 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 Authority belongs to us. Dominion belongs to us. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss it. We're going to be teaching on it in the upcoming episodes. And uh, until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
God has provided a way for His children to have ongoing visitations from Him. Your life will be changed as you meditate on the revelations in this book, Visitations from God by Nancy Dufresne. Order your copy now at DufresneMinistries.org. We invite you to join us for our annual prayer conference here at World Harvest Church in Marietta, California, April 4th through the 6th. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.